without further ado, thank you so much for agreeing to be my first guest at Digital Marketing Expo in Cologne, Germany. Yeah. So uh, we're really glad to have you on board. Maybe we'll start off by getting you to chat with us about, tell us your name, your company, what you do in your company on a daily basis. Yeah, well, no, the pleasure's mine. So thanks, thanks a lot for reaching out, uh, Wayne. Um, my name's Jack, Jack Smale. Um, I'm a business director at Smartser. On a daily basis, um, I cover quite a lot of ground in terms of um, the business and, and what we do each day. So whether that's general day-to-day -day client management, whether that's delivery of the actual work, the assets that we provide, whether that's marketing or sales, I'm dipping my fingers into each of those pies, but working very closely with um, Caroline, who's the CEO as well. So yeah. That's really awesome. <laughs> and we understand that uh, your background is, of course, in interactive video marketing. Yeah. And you help brands as well as companies and businesses uh, uh, to really excel in this, uh, in this uh, way of uh, getting leads and also uh, generating business. So maybe tell us a little bit about how you started your career journey. Did you yeah. prepare for your current role as uh, director of the company? No, 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 not at all. Absolutely not, not at all. So. I actually started in, on the agency side, so uh, I worked for WPP for a few years, uh, working on one of their global client teams. So after that, I decided to take a sort of different step. A lot of people would end up moving either further into agencies or maybe even um, working for a, a brand itself, so Brand Direct. But I actually decided, you know what, uh, let's see what kind of technology is out there. I wanted to be specific on digital because I'm into my tech. Having done a bit of coding to begin with at, uh, at university. So I weighed up all my options. I did some bit of research and uh, I found that Caroline was building this business. So I decided to get in touch with her and join her on the journey. It's been pretty good so far. But, um, but yeah, interactive video has been pretty awesome. And it's, uh, I guess, one of the best things about it is that it's growing a lot, um, which is enabling me and the company to grow with it. So yeah, it's good. <laughs> It's a fascinating journey and uh, maybe we backtrack a little bit more. Yeah. Where did you grow up and what inspired you to go into this line of business to help brands and businesses? So I grew up, I actually said to you earlier, I was actually born in Salisbury, um, not London, where I actually ended up living for the most of my childhood. But so I'm, I'm, I'm from London, but technically also from Salisbury, uh, which is in the UK. Um, what led me into marketing, I think, was my family. So my grandfather, who I didn't met, who I never met, unfortunately, um, he started his own agency um, called Gallagher and Smale, which ended up uh, being bought out by DDB back in, I think, like the 60s or 70s. Um, he was a, a copywriter, so he wrote all sorts of different adverts, including... I think uh, that I was, it was obviously before my time, but there was an infamous Rivita campaign in the 60s, which he, he wrote. Um, and then my other grandfather started in advertising, my father started in advertising, and then my mum also started in advertising. Each sort of started uh, there and then actually moved on to slightly different things. But when I was growing up, I, I, that was the only thing I could think of. <laughs> so it's the family blood, yeah? Yeah. Marketing as I would, a career. Yeah. I would say so. And actually, what attracted me to it was uh, creativity as a very broad word, and that's thrown around a lot, I know. But um, I consider myself a little bit creative. Uh, on the side, I do a lot of creative writing. Um, I'm a, I'd actually performed stand-up uh, since I was like 16. 
and then um, I even continue on. I'm doing a radio show and I'm improvised comedian and that sort of thing on the side. So I wanted to combine that in terms of a career, and I, I think marketing is a great place to do that, obviously. So, um, so that's what led me there. <laughs> that's a really interesting background story, and uh, we're gonna have to ask you these two part question: Who is your most admired uh, CMO, and also your most admired comedian? Um, well, my most admired CMO will probably be my last uh, client, which is uh, Mark Pritchard. <laughs> I guess I have to say that, but uh, <laughs> but I don't think I do anyway because. Um, being in charge of such a large uh, client, is, uh, being in such a charge, large brand uh, organization such as P&G is, is not an easy task. So uh, I always admire the way he would tackle each uh, different issue and actually outline an overall ambition for the entire organization that would dig deep into each different brand and think about also process and how uh, a large company like that actually works with agencies. So obviously I, I was doing a lot of work behind that from our side, but to see that he was very responsive on his side was, was very good as well. Um, so that was the first question on CMO. And then was there another question there? Who's your favorite or most admired stand-up comedian? Oh, stand-up comedian. Oh my gosh, well, uh, I'd had to go with Eddie Murphy. Um, that's who I sort of started with, but uh, it's actually changed to some really specific <laughs> person called Tim Heidecker. Uh, he doesn't normally do stand-up, but he came over to London once and I saw him. And after the show, I, it's the funniest show I've ever seen in my whole life. Um, and after the show, I, w I was uh, in the men's and he stood beside me. <laughs> I couldn't believe my eyes, but I shared, I shared that moment and spoke to him outside afterwards as well. Um, so actually to meet someone like that, that I really looked up to and also... Um, to, to be able to enjoy his one-off show he did in London because he's normally in the US was amazing, yeah. You're really intrigued by your passion <laughs> to uh, more than just marketing into a stand-up comedian. Yeah. And uh, what actually inspired you to become a stand-up comedian and for these uh, different roles, how do you switch from one to the other? Yeah, it's, it's a real hobby. It's like, I'm not... In a way, I, I don't want to be a stand-up comedian because I don't want to be famous. Um, that's one thing. But it, it, it's sort of addictive. Comedy is very addictive. When you realise you can make people laugh, uh, it's, it's very enjoyable. And it's always exciting. There's never a dull moment. So I don't know why I got into it. I think a friend of mine thought I was uh, quite funny. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why. <laughs> and asked me to get involved with some of the writing that he was doing. And so we started writing together. Um, and then another guy is joining as well. So from there, it just built into this like world of comedy, and so yeah, I went a bit solo when I was I was back in my teens. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. Um, but since then, I've been actually dipping into improvised comedy, which uh, I think is a really important skill uh, to have in the workplace as well. Um, so the lessons of improv of comedy are actually all centered around this idea of listening, <laughs> uh, which I didn't do very well just then because I forgot your second question. But, um, but to be able to listen to people um, and then to accept and build upon their ideas is the foundation to all improvised comedy. So, and that's e inclusive of stand-up. All stand-up starts with an improvised line. You have to write it for the first time at some point. So I've sort of brought that into my workplace a little bit as well um, because listening to other people is really key. Actually stopping and rather than thinking of another point in your head uh, while someone's explaining their argument, just keeping with it and genuinely listening, remembering your point, but 
carry on listening and then it, what what it will do wonders for you that's one one rule i gotta say is listen and some people really don't know how to listen you'll be surprised but i say the most successful people really do yeah. That is really interesting. <laughs> By the way, would you recommend most of our community listeners who are made up of mostly CMOs to try, uh, you know, try experiencing being a stand-up comedian at least for once in their life? Uh, I mean, I'm sure they've ha- they've they've experienced before the countless presentations they've had to do, um, and I've even had to do. Like, it's the same skill set, right? To be able to command a stage be able to project and uh, have everyone that hanging on every word that you've got um, is, is exactly the same for a CMO um, presenting their ideas in comparison to a stand-up. I'd say like the only thing that what, what it will do, um, it, will really put, it will really put you to the test in a slightly different way because obviously you're trying to sell very different ideas and um, when you're a stand-up the reaction is really evident so the moment you don't get a laugh it's uh it can be very demoralizing so the, the only thing that i'd say to that also is um never be yourself as a stand-up comedian <laughs> uh, otherwise then you'll get embarrassed very quickly you have to put on an act uh i imagine this is the same in some presentations but actually being quite genuine on stage when you're connected to a business is a lot better so it's, <laughs> it's a similar thing but there's a very fine line, I guess, between, <laughs> between getting it wrong <laughs> on both sides. And these are fantastic insights. Yeah. And, uh, you got me really intrigued because I was listening to a podcast episode, uh, the Joe Rogan Experience. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. We interviewed uh, Kevin Hart. Oh, amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing, and amazing He was talking episode. about rehearsing his punchlines and he tested it on a different audience. Oh, yeah. So it's a little bit like marketing, right? You test, you do A-B tests yeah, and stuff like that. Exactly. But for him, he, he does uh, test by... Uh, you know, putting out uh, or rehearsing his lines or his punchlines on a, the smallest audience possible. Yeah. Then you move on to a big hall, and if it resonates, you reuse those punchlines uh, for his arena shows. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of effort and hard work, blood, sweat, and tears yes, involved yeah. in order to put out a really solid show. Yeah? Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's definitely you have to really like work at every single little bit, yeah. and. Um, Every, every, everything you, you see on a Netflix episode or, a, or an actual DVD of someone's uh, uh, actual set, they might have been doing it for up to four years. Wow. <laughs> so like, it's like, that's the final best bit of it. So it really, it really is craft over, um, and combined with creativity, obviously. So but craft is a very important <laughs> thing to remember. <laughs> amazing what can our community listeners learn from your run of uh, so many years in the industry what insights did you learn from this remarkable career journey i think for me it's literally uh the, it really boils down to this and i, I won't get into the the de- the detail of why it's quite a personal anecdote i mean i could say it but you could say i could if say you want it. To, yeah. i think I don't know, I, even though my career has ta- taught me a lot, um, there's one thing that I should have been using all the way through that has remained the same. Um, and it was something that my dad told me uh, before, I, before he died. He died when I was quite young. But I remember, I remember it exactly, it's quite a cliche, but I think it really all boils down to this, is uh, what you put in is literally what you get out. Um, and that that exists outside of your career as well. It exists in relationships. It exists with I don't know anything that you want to achieve. 
um, with something, if you put in 100%, at least you'll know that you're going to get out 100% of what you put in. So you've really got to have that drive each, each day and never give up, basically. Um, and I think that that is important. I, and I know it's been said before, but I think that's it. Like, you don't need to... <laughs> and then I think it, the other thing is, it's just people. It's people. It's, everything's about people. Uh, it's the most important thing in business, in marketing as well. Yes, we have all these ideas, but to be able to manage people and to be able to connect with people and use people to help you and help others, um, you'll, you'll get 10 times more out of it. Um, and sometimes it can feel a little bit lonely, if you, especially in a small company like I've been working in, but people are there, and they're, they're there, and they also want to help. So, um, so yeah, there's <laughs> what you put in is what you get out. And people. <laughs> that's really, really yeah. great advice. That's it. That's it. For every listener who knows and follows modern marketing uh, or even ad tech, what is a good four-minute rant on the current state of the industry? Um, the current, I think it's, I think it still does boil down to, <laughs> but you, but for me, just. Forget about your client, forget about all, all your company or whatever. Become the consumer again and experience that. So go on to a publisher website, uh, for example, on Safari, without an ad blocker on, and just use that experience, right? And, and go, go on to actually, uh, wait, which one was, I, was it? Forbes, go on to Forbes. Uh, with a slightly slower internet connection as well and try and read an article. <laughs> that, that, is, that, that is the point I'm trying to get at here, is that sometimes we're really forgetting our, our consumers. Even though we've been doing this for a long time, and digital, it's not, it's not cowboys and Indians anymore. It is, there's a lot more formats, there's a lot more regulation, and we have the expertise now. So why are we cluttering up people's user journeys when they're trying to do something? Why are we ruining content that shouldn't be ruined uh, that, and putting useless stuff out there that people don't want to see at the end of the day they don't want to see it I mean I've got used to a YouTube pre-roll but like, at least I can skip half <laughs> but that's the thing I don't mind watching that if it's if it's what I want to see if it's a new Nike shoe or if it's for Arsenal Football Club which is my favourite team I'll, I'll happily watch that you know if it's for uh, if I am looking for a jacket and I've stopped that search the night before and, I, and a new jacket's been put on my Instagram feed I'm fine with that and I want to see that but I don't want to see something that's going to ruin that experience so yeah I, I, that was my rant I'm just surprised that it's still happening to this day bad content bad clutter uh, targeted the wrong people online <laughs> that's it <laughs> what's been the most interesting thing in the last year or two it can be completely anything uh, AI driven campaign or experiment that you did on social media what is your hot take on the intersection of social media targeted marketing and marketing tools and platforms um, so one thing that we did this year that I think we were extremely proud of uh, was a work we did, so by the way, Smartser, I haven't really spoken about Smartser yet. <laughs> Smartser is a shoppable video platform. So what we do is we create shoppable video content that can be distributed on site through online ads uh, via social media, but that's usually using a swipe up. We don't actually like native. Uh, and then also we can do in-store experiences on touch screens as well. So what is a shoppable video? I guess people might be aware, but 
instead of just having a normal flat video, you have a video that you can interact with, you can view the different products, we can customize whatever you want basically towards that. And it's, I like to say it's like bringing the website into the video so you can have like an e-commerce experience within the video. Anyway, one of the highlights, oh, my highlights of the year was actually working with Adidas and with Sony um, for their drop they did together. And uh, we did a shoppable video for them that ran on site. And then we did a little social media campaign and watching the results there uh, was pretty impressive. It actually turns out what I felt the other day is not our, our highest of the year, but from view to click through to product. So that's from view to click on a tip play or so from click play to click on on the video somewhere to then browse the product to then go to the PDP is 47% of people which is like crazy high so half the people who watched the video which was a lot <laughs> went to the yeah went, went to buy the products like and that was that was pretty that was interesting uh, to see because um, I guess it was like a really in demand drop so that was quite good but it was, it was like, it was like what I was going back to last time. It was just a good example of when done right, how technology, social media, and good content, when they come together, just works for everyone. And every, every single person who was shopping that video was having a good time. It wasn't like, it, it was a different flip on the whole ad experience. It was, it was really good to, to be a part of that, yeah. So I'd say that was one of my, that was one of my highlights of the year. <laughs> It sounds very entertaining to uh, go through that kind of experience. So it's something that I would love to try as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, last career question. What were the challenges that you faced in the 2000s? Uh, what were they? And what are the current challenges you are facing today? I guess it was sort of uh, trying to fight for something that I, I didn't quite know like what I was getting into. So I was trying to, I was trying to learn. Uh, all the time, I guess, in the 2000s. Whereas uh, today, I found, I feel like I've found a little ecosystem that I'm really pleased with. And I feel a lot more confident and I'm not more knowledgeable about that ecosystem. So I think, yeah, even though it's a bit of a basic answer, that, would, that is the, my truthful answer, is that in, in, the, in those times, it was all, everything was a bit too confusing. It was quite new. Um, I feel like the industry itself has actually grown in such a way um, whereby even though there are still tons of inno innovative companies, I mean, we're, we're going to go into the Mexico today, I mean, tomorrow, and we're going to see, how tons, you're going to see it, tons of companies doing tons of different things. But I feel like uh, the knowledge between brands, especially, and agencies themselves, and practitioners, has, has grown immensely um, over the years, and I feel like so even though I don't know everything, <laughs> still, I've, I've, I'm, I'm an example of, I guess, someone who's found their niche and uh, really understands that. And that's all over the place. So all these types of people are cropping up now and are well known as well. So that's what I say was the big difference between the 2000s. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's the change in the industry and um, the fact that I've got to know something a lot better rather than being a little bit of a sprawl <laughs> to begin with. Can you tell us the three names or uh, well-known personalities you were referring to? Oh, personalities? Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, of who? Or the names of people uh, that uh, you know really hot in the industry at this moment. Oh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, in terms of... Well, I'd say my boss, Caroline Gross. Caroline's <laughs> one of them, so maybe you know, two more. Yeah, I'd say that. Um, I th the, the other day, 
I was talking, uh, there's one guy who I, I really admired a couple of years ago. Yeah. And he's just moved to BMW. I think it was the end of last year. It's Jens Steimer, he's, he's here. I think he's doing excellent work. He, at least he did it at Mercedes and Daimler and AG. So like, if he doesn't do it with BMW because they're going crazy with the uh, electronic this year, in terms of brand, uh, I'd be very surprised. Oh, hey Siri. <laughs> and then who else? I guess, I don't know. I, I mean, just trying to think. Um, could get back to you. Uh, I, I just, I'm so bad with names as well, but, uh, but I think, <laughs> I guess it's sort of, I'm trying to think of a well-known influencer, uh, and I would probably say that therefore it's like Kim Kardashian, <laughs> because, because, uh, yeah, someone, it could be any one of those ones, but it's just to highlight that you don't have to be a brand. You don't have to be a, a, a digital guru to, under, uh, to understand this industry anymore. You could be someone with two million Instagram followers. <laughs> I mean, I think she's on way more than that. I don't even know what she's on. She's probably she's on like three, and uh, three. she's gaining more attention than any other brand of yeah. out there. Yeah, I'd say I'd say her, and therefore also Kanye West, who's uh, fantastic. I think he's insane. He's great. <laughs> if, if, uh, he's, I think, going to stick to music. Not, he's not doing too much branding anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd say therefore. Kim Kardashian, it's my third one. Since we're talking about music, uh, tell us about your other pursuits. Uh, what keeps you uh, on top of a game and stay creative? Is it music, books, shows, or other things that you can tell us about? Podcasts. So I have a commute every day in London. We take the underground. Uh, I'm either listening to my podcasts or listening to music and reading. I can't, so I have to be either reading or listening to a podcast on the way to work. That's like a, an hour of my day that I'm always learning. I'd say that's key. And then the music fuels my radio show that I do. So that keeps that ticking over. And then the improvised comedy on the side as well. So that really keeps the creative juices going. And when we, we regularly rehearse, I've got a group that we started. It's a social enterprise. So it's, we're doing it for charity almost. And um, just to be around those people and just you know, accepting and building and building upon each other's ideas is great fun. There's, there is one podcast I can recommend. I really do like How I Built This by, uh, on the NPR um, with Guy Roz. I think it's phenomenal if any aspiring sort of uh, anyone who's aspiring to uh, get into business. Uh, there's so many lessons to be learned and interesting stories to find out about as well if you're already in business as well. So, yeah. About any athletic pursuit or any shows you're currently binge watching? Oh, uh, yeah. So, I do play football. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm into Arsenal Football Club. Uh, I never really watch TV shows apart from The Great British Bake Off. Uh, and then I also watch, uh, I religiously watch sports. So, cricket. Formula One, football, rugby, and then the Rugby World Cup's coming up as well. So I will be watching that at, in the office probably. So don't, don't tell people that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I love these questions, though. They're fantastic. I love your answers. <laughs> They're very truthful, by the way. I'm going with my heart. You're, you're getting everything, complete insight into me. I love it that we, we now get to know who your favorite football club is, Arsenal. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, it's the only football club. So yeah. yeah, and I love Arsenal. Ferrari, Ferrari all the way. Um, Ferrari all the way. I used okay. to like Lewis Hamilton as a, as a British guy, but secretly I'm a Ferrari fan. So, yeah, I'm so pleased to see Leclerc win in Monza. It was amazing. Yeah, I, was, I was jumping up and down. <laughs> the celebration at the end was just yeah. out of this world. It's good. Yeah. 
second to none. Yeah? Yeah. So what does the future look like for interactive video marketing? I think it looks uh, a lot more commonplace, I'd say. Um, I, don't, I think seeing a flat video is something that will become less and less regular. Uh, it's, already, it's already in place in so many different places, so you can find it on all sorts of different websites. But anything that you see in stream, out stream, I think soon it is going to be a lot more interactive. And, and it already is becoming a lot more interactive. So that's what I see the future of it is just growth, basically, uh, in terms of uh, distribution. It's going to be in more and more places. Um, and then I think uh, as for, from also from a product side point of view, I think it's also going to be a lot more automated in terms of actually producing the interactive videos. So the way we built our, our platform is that when the um, photo recognition software is good enough or is up to scratch, uh, we can simply run a video through it, uh, our platform, and then it will come out the other side and all of the correct products will be uh, labelled or whatever you want to do with them, tags as we call it. Um, and a shoppable video or an interactive video will be made just like that. So that's, that's also going on at the same time, which will enable it to be a lot, a lot more scalable in the future as well. So. Yeah. That's really awesome. It yeah. goes very well for the future when everything's automated yeah. and yeah. lifting is basically done by machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, how... <laughs> We're fun, right? Yeah, really fun. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to be remembered in your job or your career legacy? And, uh, that leads to the last question. How do you come back from a crisis? Uh, okay. So, what, so I'll start with the first one, shall I? Yeah, yeah. So the first one, uh, I'd like to be remembered for helping people. I know it sounds really lame, but helping people, yeah. That, I think that's what spurs me on day to day as well. And those people being able to grow around me is, well, is I think, the biggest, biggest thing I want to look back on. Um, and the second question, wait, can you repeat it again? Just so How do I, I you get come it. back from a crisis? How do I come back from a crisis? Um, I, sometimes I just wear two hats. So I just wear a professional hat and I wear my personal hat. And I think when a crisis happens, both hats become one and you sort of end up crumbling into this like mess sometimes. Obviously not on the surface, you're very much um, cool, calm, collected. But I would say try, try, to, try to actually reflect on it professionally and not personally. And just wear that critical hat on yourself and say, right, what went wrong? How can I improve on it? And not to take it personally. And then from that, you'll have a lot of strength. And 24 hours as well. Uh, someone told me uh, when a crisis happens, it takes 24 hours for people to stop really caring about it. <laughs> so, so just remember that. <laughs> um, obviously, it's still there and it still happens. So you can't just forget about it. But people's emotions and feelings will have gone down after 24 hours so just <laughs> remember that you'll get through the first little bit and then it's going to overcome better <laughs> so yeah well, those are great reminders and uh, yeah, yeah we're going to end this podcast interview with our speed round of questions okay yeah so just remember not to overthink your answers okay yeah okay let's start <laughs> let's go your most admired cmo ever uh i say yeah mark pritchard what was uh, the first brand or campaign that had an impact on you when you were a kid? Uh, uh, Jogo Benito with Nike. I did this. Uh, Sebastian Vettel or Charles Leclerc? 
Uh, Charles Leclerc, obviously. Cardio or weight? Uh, cardio, cardio. Vegetarian or vegetarian? Vegetarian. Podcast or vlogs? Podcast. Cola or lemonade? Lemonade. Last one, your biggest passion ever? Um, my biggest passion ever is, I think, laughing. <laughs> That's it. Just having a laugh. Like everyone loves to have a laugh. So. It's a joy having yeah. you on a podcast yeah. and my day. Yeah. Because, uh, you're not just uh, the first ever podcast guest from New Mexico. Yeah, that's fine. You're also super funny. Uh, and uh, I'm very happy if I can do an episode two where we talk more about your comedian, uh, yeah, comedian yeah. exploit and your other passions as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks very much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you so much for okay. coming on. Right. You have a great week ahead. <laughs> Thank you, you too.